Buddy happy? Yes, sir. I hope you're happy when we're done. <laughs> I um, happened to notice this pulpit the other night when we were here praying. And I got to say, I really like this pulpit. I hope it's okay. Five columns. First five books of the Bible. The law. Four spaces. Four Gospels. So when you stand in this pulpit, you can preach the Bible from cover to cover and it's okay. This stands for everything that we believe and everything we are. This is like standing at the gate of the city. This is where entrance to glory is made. This is where the door, this is where the door stands. Oh Lord, help me. Anyway, I like this pulpit. And it's big. It's big. You know, I preached one place and it was a skinny little old pulpit. And, and when you put your Bible on it, it kind of rocked like this. And out in front of it was a five-gallon yellow bucket from Home Depot with the microphone stand stuck in it, and it would go like that. I like this pulpit. If, if, if I could, I could crawl up on it and stand on it. I think Elder the Gate ought to be strong tonight. Amen. I'll read you one verse of scripture and let you be seated. Found in the book of Isaiah chapter 28. And uh, we'll start here. And I don't know where we'll wind up, but we'll go somewhere tonight. Uh, I told him this morning, as you're turning there, I said, I'll preach longer if you don't tell my pastor. Amen. Isaiah chapter 28 and verse number 6. Well, go verse number 5. In that day shall the Lord of hosts be for a crown of glory and for a diadem of beauty onto the residue of his people and for a spirit of judgment to him that sitteth in judgment and for strength to them that turn the battle to the gate. That's what the Lord of hosts is going to be. Strength to them that turn the battle at the gate. At the gate. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Um, I, I want to make mention... Um, in the beginning here, and if you'll pardon the personal reference, I, I always try to pray every day, God, give me a teachable spirit. Give me a right spirit. Give me a pure spirit. And lastly, give me a spirit that's easily entreated of you. Because in the end, the preacher has to be saved too. You know, they said of Jesus when he was hanging on the cross, he saved others himself he cannot save. Brother, Brother Regan, I, I want to save myself too. I, I've got to be right too. In, in your Bible, in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, and verse 10, it says there are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world and none of them is without signification. All of these voices have a purpose, they have a meaning, they all clamor for attention, they all want some sort of significance. And um, there is a scripture in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 1 in your Bible that said, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter time some shall depart from faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. There are many, many voices in the world that are 
really nothing more than seducing spirits that are propagating doctrines or teachings of devils. I'll just take my time tonight, if you don't mind. Um, you know, I wish I could talk fast and I could preach fast, but I can't. My brain don't work that fast. But in recent uh, months, my wife and I have watched with great sadness as some have uh, left our home church. And they, they began back some time ago listening to a deceiving spirit that spoke things to them that sounded good. They sounded right. They sounded palatable. You could eat them. But they left truth to go where false doctrine was taught. Matter of fact, one of them was a drummer in the church. And he left Truth Church and went and got rebaptized in a Trinitarian church, in shorts, in a t-shirt, and said as he was going up the steps, thank God I finally found truth. Can I tell you that he is deluded tonight. He's under a strong delusion. You say, well, that can happen. I'm sorry to tell you, it can happen. I have seen, sad to say, great preachers fall to these seducing spirits. And the problem is, they just listen to the wrong voice. You see, when someone fools with truth too long, God will send them a strong delusion that they believe the lie and be damned. These people handled the bread of life frivolously and in the end they threw the very thing away that brought them life they did despite to the spirit of grace there's no doubt in my mind they've trampled the blood of the covenant underfoot and called it an unholy thing will they ever get right i don't know if they'll ever make their way back uh, i don't know if they've burned all their bridges or not but god does but I'm just simply telling you tonight, the reason they left is they listened to the wrong voice. And I tell you that the wrong voice can come from many directions. All those spirits out there, they can work in different ways. They can come uh, looking like they're your friend, but they're not your friend. They can come looking like your family, but they're not your friend. You've got to be careful of which voice you're listening to. Which voice do you prefer? Saul preferred the voice of the witch of Endor. Solomon preferred the voice of his heathen wives. But oh, I want to be like David that preferred the voice of the man of God. When Nathan came to David, and told him, thou art the man, David did not fuss with Nathan. Nathan, he just accepted what the man of God said. Because that was his desire. I want to know what the man of God says. There's many voices tonight. There's the voice of entitlement. You owe me. Oh, they'll come here, Brother Riggin. You owe me. This church owes me. Give me. 
give me because you owe me. Can I tell you that this church doesn't owe anybody anything? God doesn't owe us a thing. But what he has is free. Oh, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but this voice of entitlement will tell you I'm special. The rules don't apply. Come on, look, I study, I pray. You know, I, I believe these people studied and prayed too that left. But the problem was they were listening to the wrong voice. They would not listen to the voice of their pastor. There's the voice of discouragement comes disguised as loneliness. Can I tell you, there's, there's worse things than being lonely. Is it okay to preach a while to the young people just for a little bit? Let me tell you something, girls. There's worse things than being lonely. But you haven't got it figured out yet, so I'll help you. There's worse things than being lonely. That's being married to the devil. That's right. You know, people, people want to feel important. They want to feel like they're liked and they're loved. And you get some smooth-talking little suit-wearing, tie-wearing dude that you know, he looks good and he talks good and he's smooth and tells you nice things. How pretty you are. How nice you dress and how he likes the smell of your perfume. But he won't talk to his pastor and he won't talk to your pastor and he won't talk to your dad. You know what I'd do? I'd run, run, run as fast as I can. I'd make out of there like the gingerbread man because you're going to listen to the wrong voice and wind up in trouble. Telling you. Worst things in being lonely. The voice of discouragement comes and you're frustrated. You're, you get doubt working on you. You get unbelief working on you. This voice of discouragement will make you cynical. It'll bring up all your past disappointments. And if you're not careful, this voice of discouragement will tell you, well, you're just not good enough. Now, everybody else, they can have the promise but not you, because you're just never going to be good enough. And if you're not careful, you'll listen to the wrong voice. The voice of offense comes. You know, they offended me. I'm leaving. Sissy. You sissy dog. You didn't have it your way, and so you're offended. You're going to leave. You're angry. You're bitter. You get resentful. You don't trust. You put distance between yourself and the church people because you're offended. Better be careful. You don't listen to the wrong voice. I'm not saying that you can't ever get hurt, but you better be careful that your hurt don't turn into offense and you listen to the wrong voice. Pull back, pull inward. Don't want to have anything to do with anybody. There's a voice of the shallow. They're non-committed. They don't want anybody else to committed, be committed. They're like the dog in the manger. The dog can't eat the hay and he don't want the cow to eat it neither. They don't want to be committed. They just want to come and absorb for nothing. They've got this welfare mentality. Oh, 
probably shouldn't say it, but maybe I will anyway. Uh, I remember the old elder in Junction City talking about a food stamp spirit. Yeah, that's what they get. They got a food stamp spirit. Non-committed. They'll put their dollar in the offering plate, but when it really comes down to the nitty-gritty, they're just shallow people. They're a mile wide and a quarter inch deep. You can't depend on them. They're like the Bible said, an unfaithful man in the time of trouble. He's like a broken foot uh, and, a, and a, to a tooth broken and, and a foot out of joint. You want to walk up to him sometime, Brother Jared, and say, hello there, old broken tooth. How are you doing? How you, how you doing there? How, how you doing foot out of joint? They're just non-committed. They're not faithful. They're not loyal. Can I say this? There's a difference between being faithful and loyal. The devil's faithful, brother. He's one of your most faithful members. <laughs> he comes here every service. He's faithful, but he's not loyal. You know, you know who's loyal? It's the one when, when opposition comes to the church or to the pastor. They're the ones that stands back to back with the pastor and says, Pastor, I ain't going nowhere. I got you back. Oh, somebody better hear it right now. Because if you don't, you'll wind up listening to the wrong voice. There's a voice of strife. I found this very interesting because I'm not really a Bible scholar, but I did take the time to look up the word strife, and, and really all it means is intrigue. You know, I've been in some churches when there's always stuff going on. And, and it's, like a, it's like an old James Bond movie that I used to see. It's intrigue. That's what it means. Intrigue. Always somebody stirring the pot. Can I tell you, if you're not careful, you're going to wind up listening to the wrong voice. Strife means friction or heat. Just rub people the wrong way. Now, you know, I try to be kind. I'm probably not always kind, but I'm trying to be kind. I, matter of fact, I enrolled several years ago in a course on how to be kind. And... Well, I'll probably stay in it a long while. I didn't grow up kind, I grew up mean. So, so I have to work on that kindness business. But, but there's some people that when you're around them, they just rub you the wrong way. Now, I know nobody here is like that, and nobody knows anybody like that. But, but where I come from, we're not quite where you are. I worked with a guy one time, and, and, and it seemed like every time I'd go to work on a different building or a different site, he was always there. And he just used to drive me crazy. I went home one time and I said, you'll never guess who showed up for work. And she said, Norman. I said, yep. He drives me nuts. You know what she said? She said, well, I hate to tell you, but the Lord's going to put Norman in every job where you are until you learn to love Norman. Friction, heat. This, this word strife means calculating with your own agenda. Voice of strife. This, this plodding, methodical spirit. This voice that says, now, now you know that Brother Riggin favors so-and-so. You know that Sister Regan, she favors so-and-so. 
And, and what it does is, is, it, is, it, is it plays on your mind. You're supposed to be worshiping God and you're kind of cutting your eyes across the aisle looking at That, vo that, that voice of strife has its own agenda. The voice of contention. I read my Bible and there was always fusses in the church in the New Testament. Paul withstood Peter to the face. He said, dude, you're the one that's doing wrong. Can I tell you what Proverbs 13.10 says? Only by pride cometh contention. You get two people fussing with one another, chances are when you get past the straw man, you're going to find pride. Better be careful. You'll listen to the wrong voice. My Bible tells me in Proverbs 22 and 10, cast out the scorner and contention shall go out. Yea, reproach, a strife and reproach shall cease. Throw them out. You know, I get tired of, of people that don't want to change. Causing strife. I can't throw anybody out, Brother Riggin. That's not my place. I'm just going to pray for them. And then I feel like that vine dresser when the, when, the, when the Lord came around and he said, cut that tree down. And that vine dresser said, no, you come back in a year and if it ain't producing fruit, you cut it down. I'll guarantee when God takes the axe and goes to chopping on somebody, they ain't long for being around. But he said that if you cast out the scorner, contention shall go out, yea, strife and reproach shall cease. I don't worry about the scorner. I don't worry about the rebellious. I don't worry about the fool. I don't worry about the hypocrite. Because when they leave, and they will leave if they don't repent, but when they leave, if they do leave, God will replace every one of them with people that love truth. So if you are guilty tonight of listening to the wrong voice, there is an answer for your dilemma. I heard this little term my whole church life, pray through. Ever use that? Just tell them, oh, just go pray through. My pastor's fond of using that. Just pray through. And I'm thinking, my God, I wish I knew what that meant. They, they oh, just go pray through. Well, what does that mean? Well, I'm going to tell you what it means. I finally, I finally prayed long enough that God told me what that means. That means you haul yourself to an altar and you pray yourself empty of you and stay long enough to pray yourself full of Jesus. That's what that means. What that means. These kind of voices are just a seedbed for these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils to take root in. There has got to be a sovereign moving of the Spirit and there has to be preaching and teaching of the Word to offset these seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. We have to strive in every service to have a move of God. And when your preacher or another preacher gets to the pulpit. You have to help them preach. Well, here's where it gets dicey. 
I don't look for response. Uh, Brother Riggin, I'll preach if they don't say a word. That don't bother me any. But I'll tell you what, it sure makes me feel good when they do. But my pastor has taught my home church. When there's a man of God in the pulpit, yeah, you want to you listen and you want to eat what he's saying. You want to hear it. You want to get it in here. But at the same time, sit on the edge of your pew and get with the preacher and help him preach. If, if you ought to help anybody preach, it ought to be that man sitting right over yonder. Don't be guilty of letting your preacher preach by himself. If you do, you'll listen to the wrong voice. You have to pray with passion, with a burden. You know, uh, we have in Pentecost some of the best music. We, we've got some of the most gifted people as far as talent goes. They're, they're great musicians. Singing second to none. And my God, we've got programs that if you stacked them all up, they'd probably be higher in this church. And there's nothing really wrong with organizations. We've got enough of them too. But none of these things can do what old-time preaching and an old-time move of God can do. You see, if you're not careful, this, these voices will tell you that the church is falling apart. I asked a guy in the last church I was in, I said, did you ever hear tell a chicken little? No, I never heard tell a chicken little. We don't have chicken little in Mexico. He figured it was something to eat. Chicken little said, the sky's falling, the sky's falling. I don't know what hit him on the head, whether it was an acorn nut or what. But, but he was so panicked that the sky was falling. Well, chicken little, it's not the sky's falling. It's an acorn. And can I tell you today that the church is not going down. The church hasn't seen its best day. Hey, this church is alive. It's victorious. It's in great shape. And far from going down, it's going up one day. Oh, you know, these spirits, they, the Bible said that, that uh, they're giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. This here, give heed to, means to hold the mind towards, to pay attention to, to be cautious about, to apply oneself to, to adhere to. Here, here you've got seducing spirits in the early church. And, and the writer is telling them that if, you, if you're not careful, you'll, you'll lend them your mind. If you pay, you'll, you'll pay attention to them. You'll, you'll apply yourself to what they're saying. I had one guy tell me, he said, you know, what you're hearing across the pulpit, that's just the pastor's opinion. Oh, really? Last time I checked the Bible, he was the mouthpiece of God. He said, he'll quote that scripture in Hebrews 13, 17, where it says, obey them that have the rule over you. And submit yourself as they that must give an account that he might do it with joy and not with grief. He said, that's just, that just says that it will be unprofitable for me. It doesn't say I'll be lost. Really? So you want to take a chance in, in rebellion and think you're going to be lost? You know what the problem is? He was listening to the wrong voice for years. 
said, shall, they shall depart. Going to depart. Hmm. Going to depart from the faith. You know what this word, this little phrase, shall depart, means it means to instigate revolt. Brother, that's exactly what that couple did. They went around to everybody that was given their mind to that spirit that they were propagating, and they drugged them out of the church. And they're still making phone calls, still trying to, trying to get people to instigate revolt. And what's so hurtful is when some leave, they just want to drag others with them. See, you've got to be careful that you don't listen to the wrong voice. He says in that scripture that they speak lies and hypocrisy. You know, when I was in Israel, we went to this amphitheater, and it reminded me of this. When they would do their little um, orations, sometimes they'd do a drama in those amphitheaters, and, and the, the players in the drama would wear masks to amplify their voice so it would project further. And they would pretend to be somebody else. The mask would hide who they really were. Can I tell you, that's where the saying that someone's two-faced came from. And I noticed that the people that give heed to these seducing spirits have two faces. One, they'll show you to try to rook you into this garbage that they're peddling, this toxic waste program they got going. And the other, they'll speak smooth things, sweet things. They're two-faced. They're a hypocrite. One man said that the word hypocrite was an actor on a stage that hides his true identity behind a mask. I'm tired of two-faced people destroying other people. Romans 14, 17 is wonderful scripture. It said the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. How many believe that? You know what strife does? It, it, in the church, it robs the church of peace and joy because it destroys righteousness. There's always this battle, uh, the natural versus the spiritual. That it's just this uh, negative and positive. It's, it, it's always been a battle. But you've got to understand what's going on. When you hear these voices, brother, the voice of the pulpit, ought to be above every other voice. The, the voice of the church ought to be louder than every other voice. One reason why you need to testify when you're given a chance. Don't get up and talk about how long your hangnail is and how much it hurt. He said they overcome them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You know what you're doing when you stand up and you testify how good God is and how much you love the church, how much you love your pastor? You, you know what you're doing? You're letting, you're letting the devil know and you're letting every one of those deceiving spirits know where you stand. I don't know how you do it here, but I remember back when I was first in the church, those old people with the gray hair, like I got, they, they jumped to their feet and they said, I just want to stand up and show myself on the Lord's side. You didn't have to go around and wonder whether where they stood. You didn't run down the church or the preacher to them people.
when there are those who seek to oppose the pulpit and the church, you need to stand and lift your voice in support of the pulpit, the pastor, the body of Christ. Do not remain silent. You never know when you lift your voice above all the other voices who you're going to affect by what you say. What voice are you listening to? Which voice do you prefer? There are in this Bible four kinds of deception that I can find. One is found in 1 Corinthians 3 and 18. It said, let no man deceive himself. If any among you seemeth to be wise in this world, let him become a fool that he may be wise. So the first voice of deception is the voice where you can deceive yourself. Self-deception. I can deceive myself. The second voice of deception comes from someone else. Matthew 24 and 11 said, Many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Romans 16 and 11 talks about, Mark them which cause division and offense contrary to the doctrine which you have learned and avoid them, for they are such that serve not the Lord Jesus Christ, but by good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. So I can, there's a, there's a, a deception that comes from within myself then there's one that comes from someone else. Then you can be deceived by a spirit. 1 Kings chapter 22, verse 20. And the Lord said, Who shall persuade Ahab that he may go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? And one said on this manner, and another said on that manner. And there came forth a spirit and stood before the Lord and said, I will persuade him. And the Lord said unto him, Wherewith? And he said, I will go forth and I will be a lion's spirit in the mouth of all his prophets. And he said, Thou shalt persuade him, and prevail also, go forth and do so. The third voice of deception is from another spirit. And the fourth voice of deception comes from God himself. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and 11 said, For this God's God, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lion, be damned, that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. Four kinds, four voices of deception. Proverbs 17 and 19 says this, He that loveth transgression loveth strife, and he that exalteth his gate seeketh destruction. This word here, exalteth, means to make bigger. He that makes his gate bigger seeks destruction. First voice, the first passage of Scripture I, I read to you in Isaiah talked about the Lord would be a strength to them that turn the battle negate. There are voices tonight that cry, make the gate bigger. Problem, I'll say at the outset with making the gate bigger is, number one, you can't control what comes through the gate. Number two, you can't come... Uh, you can't even begin to imagine the speed at which it comes through the gate. And number three, you can't tell or measure the quantity of what comes through the gate if you make the gate bigger. But there's many voices. There is the voice from out, without that Christ make the gate bigger. 
If you'll just quit preaching such an exclusive message. You people think you're the only ones that saved. You people think you're the only ones that understand the Bible. You're much too straight. If you just believe that the Trinity people are long lost brethren and they're going to go to heaven just like you are, then maybe I'd come to your church. But you're just too exclusive. You know, you have to understand, Pastor, if you let me keep my pets in, you know, my, 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 marrow, my, my, my medical marijuana, you know, if you'll just let me keep my Budweiser, if you'll just let me keep my, my shack up, oh, I read it the other day, someone said you can't shack up with the devil and expect Jesus to pay the rent. Listen, they got it fixed up so smooth today, they don't want to call a spade to spade. Listen, listen. Fornication's still wrong. Adultery's still wrong. It's not shacking up. It's adultery. It's fornication. But if you just let me keep my makeup, you know, it makes me look so much pretty. Just let me keep my sports. You know, don't expect me to give up sports. I mean, my God. Hey, let me tell you what happened to me when I got the Holy Ghost. I used to play hockey from 7 o'clock in the morning until 11 o'clock at night. And, and, and so I'm out there Saturday morning, and I got the puck, and I'm crossing the blue line. I'm going in on the goal to make the shot. And a hand reaches out and grabs me and stops me. And this voice said, go get changed. Okay. It was the guy that had prayed me through the Holy Ghost. So I go in and I get changed, brought my bag of gear out. He didn't say nothing. He just popped the trunk lid, threw it in there, shut the trunk, got in. And he drove down to this big old high bridge. And he stopped right in the middle. Punched the truck button. He looked over at me. He says, Jesus or hockey? I said, okay. I get the picture. I mean, I'm dumb. But I'm not that dumb. Got out of the car. Got my hockey bag. Threw the whole deal over the bridge. Shot the trunk lid. Got back in the car. That was the end of it. Keep, keep your sports. What is wrong with people? Brother, when they know more about the statistics on a football team or a baseball team, but they don't even know who Paul the Apostle is? Preacher, just let me keep my worldly music. They, my God, they know more about Lady Gaga than they do the Holy Ghost. But preacher, you're preaching such an exclusive message. If you just make me a baker... There's the voice from within crying, make the gate bigger. You know, pastor, over at the first church of the refrigerator, they don't do it like that. And look at the number they got. I mean, they don't have any space to grow. Their pews are all filled up. I mean, come on, pastor. You know, uh, maybe if you just got maybe some of those drama people in here and you know 
Why, why are you so picky anyway? You need to lighten up. You're going to take a heart attack. You're so strict and so restringent. You stress over everything. How do you expect the church to grow? You've got to make the gate bigger. Can't get enough people coming through the gate, preacher. You won't ever have more than a few preaching the way you do. You need to do what other churches are doing. They got the big crowd. That's the voice from within. And then there are the voice, rather the voice of the other gatekeepers that say, make the gate bigger. <laughs> oh yeah. Used to hear him at conference. Brother, you should see what we got going on. You need to try, you need to try this here. You need to try something else. I mean, my God, they 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 get they got more stuff going, preacher. You just need to make the gate bigger. Why do you have to preach that old fashioned stuff? Why do you gotta why are you always preaching doctrine? How come you can't preach just love everybody? Love. Listen, love, 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 love. Why are you preaching that doctrine? Why you got to have three pages of scriptures every time you get behind the platform? You know, look at the crowd we have. Hey, hey, we're preaching a new, modern, streamlined version. Look at the crowd we got preaching. Hey, we can't be wrong. Look at the numbers we got. Well, let me address these three voices that cry. To the voice from without, let me say to all who'd come here, if you're going to get in this church, this blood-bought church, this Jesus name church, you're going to get in it the same way I got in it. You're going to have to haul your freight to an old-fashioned altar and get down and weep and cry and repent of your sins, which no doubt are many, and you're going to have to stay there until you repent and repent and repent some more and cry tears of repentance. And you're going to have to pray through the Holy Ghost, and you're going to have to talk in tongues, and that preacher's going to have to baptize you in Jesus' name for the remission of sins. And you're going to have to live holy if you're getting in this church. So just in case you think you're going to slide in and shove the gatepost bigger, it's not going to happen. You've got to understand, I'm sorry, but Trinitarians are not my long-lost brother. I can't give them the right hand of fellowship. You know what fellowship is? There's two fellows in the ship, and they're going the same direction. They're not in the same ship I'm in. You're going to have to get a revelation of the mighty God in Christ. Now, this is how it happened. To me, don't say it happens. Everybody like this, but it'd be good if it did. But the night I got the Holy Ghost, I went to bed talking in tongues. I woke up talking in tongues. And when I could finally talk English, I asked the guy and his wife that I was living with, I said, hey, is there a scripture in the Bible that says Ephesians 4 and 5, one Lord, one faith, and one baptism? They said, of course there is. Why would you ask? I said, because that's burned in my brain. God gave this old Trinitarian Catholic a revelation of the oneness of God in Jesus' name. The night he got the Holy Ghost. 
But let me say to the voice from without, we're not making the gate bigger to accommodate your spirit. To the voice from within, let me say, I'm not changing to make you feel comfortable in your sin. I'm not making, changing and making you feel comfortable in your false doctrine. Why don't you come here and fall in this altar and repent? Why don't you pray yourself empty of you and pray yourself full of Jesus? Why don't you pray through? You, you need a revelation of truth. You need the spirit of truth to teach you. You see, when God teaches you, when the Holy Ghost teaches you, there's something about it. It's burned in here. You need to turn loose of that spirit of error that has you by the hand before it gets a hold of you by the heart and leads you out of here. You, you, see, you can't keep your worldly junk and trash and still have Jesus too. Let me say to the voice of the other gatekeeper, keepers, if you're not going to preach truth, go sell used cars or vacuum cleaners. For you to hold the words of life and try and change them is tragic and it's wrong. You're preaching another Jesus and you're preaching a perverted gospel and you're nothing more than the blind leading the blind. A man walked up to my pastor's pastor and said, you know, my Bible school has put out more preachers than you have. And he said, you're right. Yours are like Ford, mass-produced. Mine's like Rolls-Royce, hand-polished. Preachers are a dime a dozen. They come in all kinds of clothes, talking smooth things, talking all kinds of things. But the problem is, if what they're saying and what they're living doesn't line up to the book. They're in a spirit of error and the voice is wrong. Don't listen to them. Matthew 7, 14. Our Lord said this. Because straight is the gate and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life and few there be that find it. Straight, straight. He said narrow. That's what straight means, narrow. Narrows the gate and narrows the way. You know, there's a reason why the scripture said that the broad way leads to destruction. And it's a funny thing, but even a rock band can get it right when some people in church can't get it right. When Led Zeppelin can sing about a stairway to heaven, you know, last time I checked, stairs aren't very big. But some people sit in church and think everybody's going up. Everybody ain't going up. This gate is a narrow gate, and it's a narrow way, and there's few there be that find it. So as you stand tonight, I think right now it will be good 
if you lifted your hands and your voice and gave thanks to God for your pastor and for this pulpit that he preaches behind. God, I thank you for my pastor and the pulpit that he preaches behind and what it stands for. I'm glad that over the course of all the years I've sit under him, 39 plus years, he hasn't made the gate bigger. It's still narrow and it's still a narrow way. He has not changed to accommodate people's opinions. But oh God, he's preached this Bible. He's preached this word because he wants to see people saved. I'm thankful for him tonight, God. I hear, I hear another voice, Brother Regan. I hear another voice. Book of Revelation said, the Spirit and the Bride say, come. Jesus said, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Jesus said, my sheep know my voice, and another they'll not follow. Those that have gone after that other voice, they did not know his voice. Sit on church boards, sign church documents, preach behind the pulpit, play drums, sang, played the piano, led service. but didn't know the voice of the shepherd. Can I tell you, you got to be careful what voice you're listening to. Oh, somebody better hear me right now. Many voices, they're clamoring for your attention. Brother Regan, it's sad, but I sit in my pastor's office for 15 years. People listening listening to other voices. Trying to, he tried to reason with them. Gave them scriptures. But they chose to listen to a voice that was louder. More persuasive. Grippa, you got all kinds of voices you're listening to. He told Paul, Almost thou persuadest me. I know Paul, he didn't say it like this, but he probably could have. Agrippa, you're listening to the wrong voice. I wonder tonight if you lift your hands again and ask God, God, give me an ear to hear what the Spirit would say Give me an ear to hear what the word of the Lord would say. Oh God, God, let me take heed how I hear. Let me take heed how I hear. God, give me a mind, a mind to understand. God, give me a spirit to receive, to embrace your truth. Oh, come on, come on, talk to the Lord while your pastor comes.